You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Scutch. Today we are talking Season 2, Episode 3 of Forces of Destiny, which is Shuttle Shock. This is an episode that has a bit in it, um, something that I am excited about because we definitely get um, one of our deleted scenes, which is something that we don't get a whole ton with Forces of Destiny, but it is in there occasionally, and so I'm excited to get into that, but as always, we have a little bit of news first, and glaringly, and this is news this week, I believe, because yet again, as many of you know, uh, we have no title for episode 9, and I've been talking about this every week for six weeks, because every week... We think it's going to be next week, and we think it's going to be next week. And at this point, I'm not going to say it. First of all, I think I'm jinxing myself. But as some of you may know, uh, Disney had its first quarter earnings call um, on February 5th, which I listened to because it was kind of rumored that we were going to be getting um, Episode 9's title there in that earnings call. Um, it, the Cassie and Andor show had been... Uh, announced during the previous uh, earnings call so a lot of people were guessing that that was when we were going to get our title I I wasn't alone in sitting down and listening to an hour of people who know way more about money than I could ever know uh, talking about money and then they were like okay bye and I was like oh I just wasted an hour of my life um, it was kind of the most wasted hour of my life, it, uh, but that's neither here nor there, and I'm not the only person that was thoroughly confused and disappointed by this, and at this point, I think that if they did not announce it on Tuesday, it's not happening anytime soon. Um, I don't think we're gonna have to wait till celebration, but it's obvious that they're prolonging it as much as they can. And I think I think 
it's, you know, uh, Pablo Hidalgo posted something, and I think they're kind of clowning on us at this point. At least he is, you know. He said, uh, everybody seems to think the title was announced today, was going to be announced today. I don't know why. Of course he knows why. He was, it's Pablo. You know, it's the same thing. I think everybody who works at Lucasfilm kind of has that same uh, mentality of just messing with people and I, I I appreciate that but at this point I don't think we're getting this title for a while and I'm not even gonna say I'm not gonna say it this week I'm not gonna say it that oh it'll probably come out tomorrow after I say this because that would be jinxing myself I'm doing some reverse psychology right now or at least I am trying because I think everybody everybody's desperate at this point that's a word I was seeing a lot online is desperate like we are desperate we need something and I think that's I think that's uh where Disney wants us I think this uh crazed look in our eyes at like okay we need some news um is purposeful and um it's working because <laughs> I really, I really want to know. <laughs> um, we didn't really have any other news coming from the earnings call per se. Um, there were a couple. Bob Iger made some comments about how uh, they're not, they're not, they're not going to have a huge budget for marketing when it comes to Galaxy's Edge. He said, you know, I could tweet it's open and people would be there and it would be packed. <laughs> and I thought I couldn't agree more and that's why I think I said last week or the week before I will not be going for uh, quite a while after it is opened um and so they you know they there was a lot of talk about the parks and and how they're doing with that not that I really understood any of what they were saying I like to think I know a little bit about uh finance but just listening to all the banks talking and asking questions, I was like, okay, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, we have kind of, there was, it, I don't really know if this is news. I wouldn't consider it news because I think that it is something that I was, um, I think me and most people have kind of been, um, just pretty aware of and that is that um disney's going to continue issuing licenses uh for uh, game development and ea was mentioned i have no problem with that i like battlefront and i'm excited for uh Je what is it jedi fallen order uh that's coming this fall which was announced uh the other day is that we will be getting uh fallen order in the fall I'm really excited for that game, like more than I've been excited for more than I've been excited for any of the non TV shows or movie releases. So that's saying something. And I could go into, you know, everybody's kind of we all, I guess, are kind of hoping that when they say, you know, we're following a young Jedi after Order 66 and you know going through that whole thing I mean I know that the first thing that went in my head when I saw that uh, was that we are getting a Kanan uh, uh, a Kanan centric video game which would be so cool and I don't think they're gonna do it I don't think that's what it is about however I'd be ecstatic I think that there is a difference in uh, kind of the fandom in the community uh, between 
gamers and people who watch animation. I'm not saying that you can't do both, but I think that when you look at the generalized audience of both of those things, they there isn't a whole ton of overlap. And so I think that they won't be doing a Kanan game just because of that. Although maybe that's why they would is because that's going to get people interested in going back um, and watching Rebels again overthinking everything but that is not a time period that we really delve into um in the canon comic we get into a little bit just kind of explaining how he got out of being a jedi and into being a scoundrel you know um scoundrel is not the right word but you know what i'm saying um and i think that would be i mean i think a game would be a great way to tell that story I don't think that's what they're going to do. I'm very hopeful. But that being said, Fallen Order is coming out this fall, which we've been saying a lot about a lot of our other, a lot of the other upcoming projects and things. Fall 2019 is going to be insane for Star Wars. And I'm hoping that that is going to be making, that's gonna make up for the last few months uh, for us. Not that um, resistance, resistance isn't great and you know, we're not getting great stuff with that. We are, but we're missing a little bit when it comes to uh, the older audience of Star Wars, uh, which I mean, I guess I can't really say that's me. Um, I, I still kind of, I fall into the well into the younger half, but we have not gotten a whole ton for um, us. And I think that all the announcements and the things that are coming out in fall 2019 um, is indicative of kind of Disney realizing that maybe their core fan base is not uh, the younger generation um which i think they've been trying really hard to get that going and again i'm not that's not me saying that there are not younger kids that love star wars i i got schooled on um a star wars thing once this kid's house i was i was at he was um building an atat costume and he schooled me on something about it i don't remember what it was but i was impressed and um so again not to say that you know that younger audience isn't strong but I think that most of the uh most of the profitable part of their fan base is us older people and I think that the fact that all of this stuff is going to be rolling out later this year um kind of shows that they (laughs) had that kind of click in their mind a little bit which is I mean, I guess it's it's good. Um, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I'm not going to have an Xbox in the fall. So Fallen Order is going to be a difficult game for me to... Uh, or a different, difficult uh, item for me to consume. <laughs> but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, whether or not that's... Um, finding a friend who has a a gaming system or just watching somebody play the game online, which I'd prefer not to do, but I'll do it um, if I have to. 
I'm excited. I'm really excited for that game, regardless of whether or not we are uh, visiting a previously beloved character and somebody who's already been established. Um, I think that that, I hope that that's happening, but I doubt it. (laughs) Um, We also, from the earnings call, know that more There's no information right now, really, on what's going on with the Disney streaming service. Um, We kind of know it's coming out sometime later in 2019, but no real, like, super big information about it. Uh, General gist of what's going on there. No release date, no anything, really. Um, But uh, there will be more information in April. (laughs) Uh, which is like, it's news that there will be news. Um, And that's, I mean, I think that's the point we're at right now um, with anything that has to do with Star Wars. And not even that, that is specifically the Disney streaming service, but it is going to have to do with Star Wars with um, The Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor show. Um, But (laughs) at this point... (laughs) on our lack of news that we have had lately. It is now news that there will be news in two months. <laughs> so there's that. I don't know. There's not much going on. Um, and there hasn't been. And I keep waiting. I keep thinking that next week something's going to happen and it's going to be better. And we're going to get something awesome. We're going to get some new information. Um, but we don't. And I say it every week, and I feel like a broken record. So we're done with news for this week. Hopefully next week. Nope. We're not going to say that because we're going to jinx ourselves. There will be no news next week. There's nothing that's going to happen. And I fully believe that. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Calculate the jump, Chop. <laughs> my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. Finn, Rose, and BB-8 are traveling on their Resistance transport pod to Cantobite. Finn tells Rose that they are almost there. BB-8 beeps as he helps fly the starship. Finn reiterates that their plan is to land in Canto Bight, get the master, get the master codebreaker, and return to the Resistance fleet. Rose asks if that is all, as the transport pod is approached by a giant flying jellyfish. The flying jellyfish grabs the transport pod, causing the ship's systems to short circuit. BB-8 is electrocuted and bumps against the hull. Rose tends to the damaged droid and tells a reluctant Finn to take over. Finn protests that he's not much of a pilot, but Rose responds that he doesn't have much of a choice. As the transport pod flies through Cantonica's clouds, Finn spots a pod of the giant flying jellyfish. Finn flies the ship through the pod as Rose fixes BB-8. 
Finn panics as a ship approaches a flying jellyfish. At that moment, Rose finishes the repairs to BB-8, who bounces back into action. The droid takes over the ship's controls and flies above the jellyfish pod. Rose and Finn are jubilant. Finn is grateful and asks BB-8 if he is alright. The droid ignites his lighter to indicate he is good. Rose thanks BB-8, while Finn reminds them of their mission to find the codebreaker. Okay, so I liked this episode, and plenty of people did not. Uh, as you know, I read through the comments a lot, and I think a lot of that is to do with people not liking Rose, which is another thing I don't entirely understand. I like Rose. I think that there were a few weird things in The Last Jedi um, that maybe made her character a little iffy to some people but I didn't mind her I liked her um I really love Kelly Marie Tran um her Instagram page was my favorite until somebody was mean and ruined nice things (laughs) so I liked this episode um and we had John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran reprising their roles for it which is pretty common with Forces of Destiny um however it it didn't really sound like them and I wasn't I wasn't the only one who thought that uh reading through the comments as always this is one of the few if not the only episode of forces of destiny that takes place within the sequel trilogy that actually gives us some information um even if it's not like major information um we did get a deleted scene and we did I mean, technically get deleted scenes with uh, the first couple episodes with Rey because they were kind of taking place after she found BB-8. But I don't know how much I count those just because they don't really have to do with the plot of The Force Awakens as a whole. And while I kind of agree with the sentiment that uh, Finn and Rose's whole excursion to Canto Bight was kind of useless in the whole scheme of The Last Jedi. Um, I also understand the purpose of it um, from a storytelling perspective. Um, and that, and I was having having this discussion with a friend the other day. He, and this is going way off topic, way off base, but I was having this discussion with a friend. You know, he's bringing up the whole, you know, Ray never loses. I realized while having this conversation with him that that was the entire point of The Last Jedi. And that's part of what people aren't seeing. And that's important for these characters is that the nothing that they tried to do really worked. Do, you know, despite their best efforts or their best intentions, you know, things didn't work out. And that's what happened on Canto Bite. That's what happened with Poe and, you know, the uh, Dreadnought attack. That's what happened with the Resistance escaping into hyperspace. It's what happened with Rey going to find Luke and it, with her trying to go uh, reform Kylo. Um, but a lot of people don't get that. And I didn't connect the dots into my head until I had that discussion with my friend. And, you know, maybe physically and in a combat sense, she hasn't really, um, hasn't really failed per se, but that's purposeful in its own right. And I, this episode has nothing to do with Ray, and I don't know why I'm going this far off base. Um, but 
in a combat sense, she doesn't often fail. That's purposeful because the whole thing is that it's, we're building up, I believe, in episode nine to talking about the balance of the force and how we need to have, you know, and they said it in um, The Last Jedi, you know, dark rises light to meet it. Um, And I think because Kylo was so strong, Rey has to be as well. Um, So that's purposeful in its own right. And then people are forgetting, I think, about what really happened in The Last Jedi. And I think that's partially just because we kind of get tunnel vision when it comes to the actual fighting and that's what we want to pay attention to but I for one think that it's just as important to look at everything else um and I've gone way way off topic like whole other direction but where did I even get started on that oh talking about the comments and people not liking Rose oh okay (laughs) I know where I'm at I like I like cast a fishing wire and it's lost, and and I'm trying I'm I'm trying to pull myself trying to pull myself out. Um, so anyway, people were were kind of putting this episode down a little bit just because it did have to do with the excursion to Canto Bight, but and and again, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Still not even though I do understand its purpose. And and I get it. I get it um, that that's not something that people like. But I appreciated getting this scene in here because it is, we, we in The Last Jedi, we kind of, there was no, um, I think there was a scene where they were on their way to Canto Bight, but there was no like real, journey there and I that partially I think has to do with the fact that there was so much story that was trying to be fit into two and a half hours of film which is a long movie but there was a lot going on um and so there wasn't a whole lot there um as well as we've we got we've gotten a decent amount of Finn and Rose bonding but it kind of felt very very sudden at the end of the last Jedi when uh Rose stops Finn um from uh destroying the cannon and then kisses him um that seems really sudden and I think that this episode of Forces of Destiny maybe not adds context but it does build onto their it builds onto our understanding of their relationship and them getting to know each other and being on some kind of a, um, in creating some kind of an attachment. Um, and I don't know, we'll find out episode nine, whether, you know, feelings are reciprocated, whatever. I'm not one for Moshigashi, but this episode does give us a little bit more information as to how their relationship evolved a little bit. Um, in just that they were, you know, working together and they were doing this thing. Um, and I like that. And we get the journey to Canto Bight, which I guess we kind of, it was kind of just glossed over, um, in the movie, which 
uh, would just indicate that things went swimmingly. But it's Star Wars, and a journey anywhere cannot go as according to plan ever. And um, so I'm glad that this added in here because it just it seemed a little bit too easy um, for them to get there. Um, and so this being in there was interesting, um, and I like that they added that. I found this, and, and I'm not alone, um, and I'm sure it's your first thought when watching it too, is that this is so, it's, it's almost like a copy, not copy. It's so not just reminiscent, but it is, it is the uh, jellyfish scene from Finding Nemo. We have a bunch of jellyfish and they're trying to go through the jellyfish without stung. Um, the big forest of jellyfish. Um, and I love that. And I think that's, uh, it's great. Um, just in, in terms of, you know, it is Disney. So we are reminded of that here. And I think that that is uh, it, definitely purposeful. Um, and I, I love that. And so... I liked getting to see that. I thought that that was a cool uh, thing for them to add in here. And it was something that was not something I thought about. <laughs> I don't think it's on anybody's radar before. I think one of the major things that I think Forces of Destiny has given us is a lot of new creatures uh, to learn about. Um, and something that uh, we've gotten a lot more about lately is life that lives not on a planet but in space and that's something that we have we um obviously we have the pergil in star wars rebels and now we have the jellyfish like creatures that we don't really have a name for um and in the empire we had the space slug and something noticeable about those is those are all aquatic creatures on earth and so I think that is an interesting way that we're choosing to look at uh these creatures is that it's kind of if, if you can think of space as like the ocean it makes it feel a lot more connected and I and I love that that is something that exists and I I love that those that's a touch that they've added is that a lot of the creatures that do live in space are uh, earth reminiscent of aquatic uh, earth life and I don't know if we'll ever find out anything about like really why this is if it's I, I it's purposeful and I think it's because that's what we're used to um, and that's kind of the only way for us to go about how they would travel is how they would travel and how they would move um, is thinking about how aquatic creatures move. Um, and I like that. Um, and I think it is a little bit, it's bringing too much of the real world into Star Wars, uh, which is a weird line to toe. But it's, I, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's interesting to me that that's kind of a choice that's been made. Um, and I think that um, it's obviously been a conscious choice. Um, and I, I, I don't know. And it's just something I noticed and I thought deserved to be brought up um, at some point. <laughs>
Let me see, what else do I have in my notes? Oh, okay, so one of the comments on the video, which isn't something that I had thought of originally, this is not an original thought from me, um, but I did, you know, enjoy, like, I did like that this person thought this, um, and it is, again, kind of a maybe not character development, but the growing of skills. And it's a bridge between what we see from Finn in The Force Awakens when he's like, I can't fly. Like, I'm, I need a pilot. Like, I don't, we need a pilot. Like, he does, he can't fly. Um, and then it kind of, this, this episode, I believe, helps us get to where we are on crate when he is borderline flying those kind of land speeder the fighters on crate which i mean i think people had had said at the time you know how come suddenly he's able to pilot something and i think that um this was a a good bridge here for that and i might i'd say it's kind of a response from the story group right here is just like this is why but that then, you know, lends to the question of, well, how did he figure out how to fly through the jellyfish? Um, I think you just figure it out on the fly, which is something that happens a lot in Star Wars and something I appreciate. But it was good practice for him, obviously, um, and he was able to use that later on, uh, which is something we got to see in The Last Jedi. Um, lastly... Uh, when we come in here and this this made me laugh a little bit so at the end of this episode uh, they ask BB-8 if he's okay and he sticks his um, lighter out and we're led to believe that that is a thumbs up but it was borderline confirmed in the uh, one of the Poe comic uh, issues that um, that might be a signal for a different hand gesture and I <laughs> I love to th- I, I like that both a thumbs up and that other hand gesture would work in this situation um, depending on how you see uh, BB-8 as and it's mm, borderline easter egg um for those of us who have read the poe comic and um i i thought that was interesting and i thought that was again maybe not purposeful but it was something that i was able to pick out and say oh that's interesting but it was cool that we had uh had a little bit of something in there that kids might not have noticed definitely kids would not have noticed had they not read the poe comic and adults may have been able to notice even if they hadn't um which is always fun but this was really an episode that I thoroughly enjoyed um even though a lot of others did not and I hope that uh negative comments and uh people voicing opinions louder than other people uh negative opinions outshining positive opinions i hope that that does not further it doesn't influence rose's um involvement in episode nine um 
because I do like her character. And I think that it's, it not only is, I think it, it good. We have a female character not influenced by the force and not defined by her relationships, which I mean, I guess we will see where things go with episode nine between her and Finn. But I think it is important that she is a mechanic. You know, she's not somebody who is on the front lines and she does not have a power that is enhancing her abilities. And I think it's important. I like that character and I like that we have, you know, more than one girl in our, um, main lineup of characters um that's a first really um and so I just I I hope to see more of Rose and I think that uh having this Forces of Destiny episode um and including her in Forces of Destiny further kind of lets her character become more than what she was in uh The Last Jedi and hopefully we will get to grow on that um, coming in the winter. Um, but that's all I really have to talk about this week um, for this episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, you can stay up to date on all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelscells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Rebels Podcast and on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. You can also find us on us on Instagram at Rebel Cells. You can find me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch, that's C-I-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, which I am wearing right now. Love it. Um, the um, Starbird... Um, have my Sabine Starboard uh, sweatshirt on, which I love. Um, first band in store.thunquack.com to pick up some merch. Um, and you can get mugs and, and phone cases and whatever. There's a million things through Redbubble. It's great. Um, or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Facebook. Again, Thank you guys so much for listening, and we're going to be back next week with Jen's Trade. 